I'm Jason Ariola, and this is Rock Out with your card out. episodes ago. I can't remember. I recorded a lot in the last few days. Um, this is basically what I was alluding to as far as things that we've done before, and it is the 30-day video game music challenge, and this time we're going to uh, actually have a guest on. Well, not we. I, 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 Michael, you're my guest, Michael Hughes, and I, um, how irritating is it that I say we constantly on this thing when it's only me? 60%. 60%. Okay, cool. I'm glad we could put a number on it. So it's not, like, unbearable, but it's like, Jesus, Jason, how many people have you gotten there? <laughs> you, you do the work of, like, three people, so I'll, I'll give you a pass. Okay, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, so if you're unfamiliar and haven't listened to my episode 51, I recommend going back and listening to it, because that was, like, one of my favorites to kind of put together. But there was a thing going around Twitter where there's a 30-day video game music challenge, and for every day it gave you a... Um, not a topic, but, you know, a, a sort of thing to pick out. A theme? Yeah, a theme. There you go. That's a, that's a word that I could have used and <laughs> probably would have been more correct than what I tried for, but thanks. <laughs> so, yeah, it gave you a theme to uh, work with. And, you know, it, I want to say it's like a little... You're working on one yourself, mm -hmm. and kind of, we're kind of hashing out the details here because I'm, you know, we're kind of bouncing ideas off of me a little bit. I like the idea of leaving it up to the listener as far as you know, the understanding of what you're meaning, where some of these are very, very, very specific. <laughs> very focused. Yeah. Which is okay. I mean, I think this is a good way to maybe kick things off if you've not done one of these before. But then, you know, you start thinking like, well, could that mean this? Could I could I throw this in there? Could mm -hmm. I, could I, do they actually mean this? Like a console exclusive, I think it was one of the more uh, uh, ambiguous ones, I think. Yeah. It's like, what does that mean exactly? So... And then you get the laser-focused uh, music from a racing game. It's like, well, I don't play racing games, so like, what am I supposed to do here? That's when you just cheat like I did. Well, see, I kind of cheated, too. I um, I put music from a racing game that I've never actually played. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that fits. All right, so, Michael, you did the weird thing of uh, donating uh, on the uh, correct uh, Patreon tier, $20 a month, to actually come on the show with me and do one of these things. I, I One, thank you. Two, what the hell is wrong with you, man? <laughs> not not only did I do that, this is the second one I've been on. <laughs> yeah, and um, you're doing it next month too, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're insane. I, I, we we as a, as a site and just me and personally, I, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me that you really like I, are invested enough in the whatever the hell we're doing over here <laughs> that you think it's worth your money to actually pop on with us. Oh yeah, you you guys do great work. Love yeah, to be well, a part thanks, of man. it. 
or happy to have you on too. You don't, uh, like I said, you don't always need to uh, donate to uh, to kick on there. <laughs> we we'll have you on on a, on a not regular basis because you know we normally kind of try to. I don't want to say have different guests just for variety's sake, I suppose, but you can definitely become a regular in the sort of like regular sense that we have people on. Yeah. So cool. All right, man. Okay. So let's get this thing going here. So the first one is title screen music. And that is, um, um, so, uh, cleverly named title screen for little Nemo, <laughs> the dream master with the composer of Junko Tamiya. And that was on the NES, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right, why don't we go ahead and listen to that, and then you can um, kind of explain this one to me here. And that was title screen music from Little Nemo the Dream Master for the NES. All right, Michael. Explain this one. Why did you pick this one specifically? So Little Nemo is a game I had back in the day, back when mm-hmm. it was, uh, I would say, relevant, but I don't know that it ever really sold well. But uh, <laughs> yeah. It was just... in Game Player's Encyclopedia, and that's how I kind of found out about Ooh, it. So neat. it was at least some sort of, like, you know, prescience for it. It's actually based on a license from a, a comic in the early 1900s, if that doesn't yeah, make yeah. for you. Yeah. License must have been cheap is all I can think of. <laughs> Well, it sat dormant forever, and then they made this game in a, a very weird movie about the same time in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It always stuck with me. It's very, very jaunty. It's very short and to the point, and it, uh, it just kind of tells you that you're about to go on this big adventure. Yeah, it's just this quick little hit, and I kind of appreciate that. Um, I don't even remember what I picked for mine, and I think it was just arduously long, probably, for a title screen thing, because it's just kind of my, my thing, apparently, is just... Uh, overthinking things and like, hey, I want to play something that's like three minutes long for an intro thing. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, as my uh, as my uh, theme song for this podcast can attest to, uh, I, I apparently like to just uh, let the music play for a while. So, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. All right, the next theme here is opening level music, and you picked Seaside Resort from Ape Escape Three, and the composer on that is Soichi Tarada. So we'll go ahead and listen to that and come right back. <laughs> Thank you. 
right, and that was the opening level music from Ape Escape 3. Okay, so, uh, Michael, I have never played an Ape Escape game, and never listened to the soundtracks before. Never really was a thing that was like, I should listen to these soundtracks, and you kind of convinced me, maybe I should check one of these things out. But why specifically did you pick this one? Uh... Three is my favorite in the series. It's actually mm-hmm. like maybe my favorite PS2 game, which I know is a, a tall order. But okay. this this opening track is pretty invocative of the series as a whole, which is really, really fun and goofy, and it kind of sets the mood for the rest of the game. So is the rest of the game, uh, much like this track, just kind of endlessly peppy? Pretty much, yeah. This one specifically, you get like different transformations that you use to capture said monkeys. It's a, it's super fun. Yeah, I remember one of my friends when I was younger played the first game, and maybe it was this, I don't remember. Were the first two on the PS1, right? Uh, first one's on PS1, the other two are on PS2. Oh, really? Okay, so it must have been the first game then. Um, Was playing the first game, and I was like, oh, this seems clever, and I just never, never touched it. <laughs> you know, I may have played it if it was on a PlayStation one of those uh, PlayStation Underground demo discs, um, and it may have been my experience with it. Almost certain it was, because they were really pushing the, the DualShock when that came out. Because you yeah, move yeah. around with the left stick and aim your attacks with the right stick. Yeah, which is a clever idea. Yeah. Didn't really get utilized very much uh, outside of that game, but, you know, I kind of I, <laughs> I appreciate that. It wasn't until the next, uh, well, I guess sort of, maybe it was, yeah, it was sort of the next generation that they people finally figured out, like, oh, hey, well, we can actually do with dual analog sticks, and that's a whole lot of uh, first-person shit. <laughs> so. All right, if you're ready, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Yeah. All right, and that is, uh, the next theme is 8-bit music, and you picked Wolf Duck City from Darkwing Duck for the NES, and the composers on that are Yasuaki Fujita, a.k.a. Bun Bun. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate you uh, putting that little uh, the um, otherwise known as <laughs> there bun bun I like that. Uh, all right, anyway, here it is. <laughs> City from Darkwing Duck. Okay, explain yourself on this one. Uh, so we are two for three of being Capcom music so far. I'm pretty sure it uh, mellows out from here, but I don't know. This is just is uh, is it jazz? I guess it's kind of jazzy. Kind of kind of feels like it's a little too too much for a Mega Man game. Yeah, it, I want to say it's. Maybe jazz is the right thing for it. Yeah, it's a little. I want to say um, like when I was listening to this. Out of all of the 8-bit music stuff, like, what drove you specifically to this one? <laughs> so, I don't have a whole lot of scientific reasons for most of these picks. It's just my ear says that I like this music, and this is just one of those ones that gets me uh, kind of tapping my toe as I play, even though this game is brutal. No, you don't say. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I remember playing this on an emulator on the uh, on the Ouya, like, when I first got one of those, and I was like, Jesus, I don't remember this game being this hard. And, and the thing is... Ball's hard. 
the Game Boy version is actually easier because there's a sprite limitation to it. So oh, they, Christ. Okay. You can't throw as many enemies at you at once. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the way to go. Maybe <laughs> I should have done that one. <laughs> so, and you know, um, when I was listening to it this morning, I actually, it made me think of Smugface Mafia from Chibi Tech, which is on her, um, it's like, it's effectively like an NES tribute album that she had put out a few years ago. And it really just sort of has that kind of like, I don't want to say like it makes me think of like a zoot suit kind of thing or whatever. You know what I mean? Just like some guy like swinging a pocket chain around kind of. No, oh, yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, it's kind of what it made me think of. And then it was like, oh, OK, yeah, I can totally I can totally see that. So that's that's the jazz era. I think I think we're onto something here. Yeah, yeah. Very well could be, man. I don't know. I it, like I said, this is sort of one of those tracks that I was like, this is different and once i like kind of listened to it a couple of times it clicked that like that's where i've heard this before and obviously uh gp tech's influence was this because you know each track on that album is effectively a tribute to a composer or style on the nes and it it really is a testament i i I shouldn't see sitting here like you know like praising her too much because you know she doesn't need it from my ass but it's um you know it's really a testament to like how good she is that she can come up with like tributes to other people and like just be so evocative of her of um their styles and do it so well with so many different tracks and different composers and styles it's just like jesus christ how did she swing this (laughs) but yeah and now that you know i i don't know that i really ever remember hearing this before and it's sticking into my mind but as soon as like I listened to it, like I said, like about the third time, it was like Smug Face Mafia. That's where this one came from. Okay, duh. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up. That sounds awesome. I will. Uh, I will kick you over the album. I it's it's one I own. So awesome. I think I've bought it like twice now because it's, <laughs> the, yeah, I bought the CD and I bought the digital copy because I was like, because I don't think I had a CD burner or CD drive at the time, and I was like, oh shit. Well, I want to listen to this outside of my car. So. <laughs> I think it's the only thing that has a CD player. Unless I want to pop it in my PS4 or whatever. Huh. <laughs> that seems like a weird roundabout way to do it. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't have a CD player, but I've got a vinyl player here with, you know, 100 plus vinyl at this point. And all. <sighs> I got problems. <sighs> anyway, we should probably move on here and get off my uh, get my uh, addiction to vinyl. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, next up is music from a console exclusive series. And the track you picked was the Test of Island Courage from Star Tropics, and the composer on that is Yoshio Hirai.
All right, that was the Test of Island Courage from Star Tropics. Michael, again, what specifically about this one kind of drove you to it? Anything anything kind of like standing out to you or was it just another one of those like, I like this and I think this is the first thing that came to your mind maybe? Uh, the only note that I put for this song is I have no scientific reason. I just want an excuse to listen to it because it's great. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I really ever actually listened to Star Tropics music because the only time I really ever played it before, or yeah, the only time I really ever played it was when I was at a daycare and, you know, over like 20 other screaming kids, you couldn't really ever appreciate the music. And that is like kind of my only experience with Star Tropics is like that. And kind of listening to this now, I'm like, you know, maybe I should check out the Star Tropics soundtrack a little bit more because <laughs> I was digging this one. I can't imagine that's what the developers had intended when they made the game. So you'd be surrounded by 20 of your closest screaming children. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I wouldn't even say closest. These were just, uh, you know, other kids <laughs> screaming around the daycare and right. just like, you know, me sitting there. It's like, it's like hey, I'm playing, trying to play Castlevania 3. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut it, shut it, shut it up. <laughs> but no, nobody would. Uh, all right. Anyway, en enough uh, childhood trauma, I suppose. <laughs> Getting stuck in a daycare playing video games. So awful, right? Just uh -huh. a terrible way to live. <laughs> all right. So the next thing is uh, hub world or overworld music. And you picked Summer Tropicala from Stardew Valley. And the composer on that is Concerned Ape.
That was Summer Tropicala from Stardew Valley. Okay, uh, Michael, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my uh, sort of note thing here out of the way. I um, don't know that I ever got to listening to this when I was like skimming through the soundtrack for the game club. If I did, I don't remember it. But this is like the one track that really is like standing out to me now because I think it's very good ambient music. But for the most part, like it was all stuff like I would never listen to this on its own. When you started that sentence, it's not where I thought you were going because you have kind of a famed history with this game, especially after the, uh, yeah. the Game Club episodes. I didn't figure you made it this summer to, to hear this. Oh, no, I did not. I certainly did not. But I did skim. See, remember, I, I do skim through soundtracks, especially for, uh, you know, when it's a Game Club, I have to go, not have to, but I choose to go through the soundtrack and find uh, stuff that I think works for the break music effectively. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know if I listen to this one or if it was just one like the first couple notes I was like nope 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 because they kind of do that sometimes <laughs> but and again like I said I don't it's not that I don't I don't like it personally but I see why people like that game mm-hmm. it's so just, just kind of one of those it's a good time waster yeah I can totally see that um you know coming from the guy who's got like 260 hours in it this version of tactics over in the PSP so uh-huh. yeah I can't I can't uh I can't shit on I can't yuck anybody's yum I guess on that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so an insanely difficult uh tactical RPG or strategy RPG, however you want to word it. And uh, yeah, I'm sitting here like, no, Stardew Valley. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like this. It's not hardcore enough. I like this track. Cause it's, it's the first day of summer and new music means new, new fish, new crops, whatever, new people to talk to. It's uh it's a, it's a whole new world. Brave new world with such people in it. Especially the like drunk lady at the bar. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I forget, but I just remember uh, Nadia Oxford from, uh, well, formerly of U.S. Gamer, but from uh, Acts of the Bullet God podcast talking about that, that she's like, I like her. She's she's drunk all the time. I'm like, okay, cool. I think uh, that, that, that was originally what kind of was like, okay, I got to try this game out. That's got somebody that Nadia likes that's drunk all the time. Like, the, clearly this is going to work out for me. And unfortunately, just did not. And when you get the bus fixed, she's the one that drives it. Oh, okay. Well, that's all right. I don't know how I feel about that now. <laughs> don't drink or drive, kids. It's not cool. Anyway. Ugh. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next one, and that is music that makes you feel relaxed. You picked The Roost from Animal Crossing Wild World, and the composer on that is Kazumi Totaka. A.K.A. Slider himself.
that was The Roost from Animal Crossing Wild World. Out of all of the Animal Crossing music, why specifically this one? And what was it about this that makes you feel relaxed about, or just relaxed in general? This was probably the first one I didn't really have to think about. It's like, relaxed, that's The Roost from Animal Crossing. Because you walk into Brewster's Cafe and you hear that piano and it's just like, all your worries of running nooks errands all flipping day are just they just melt away and you sit there and have a nice cup of coffee with your your giant uh pigeon friend (laughs) doesn't he have a monocle or does he have those like really tiny like teddy roosevelt glasses yeah the latter okay okay i was kind of i remember but i was like is it a monocle or the tiny (laughs) teddy uh glasses there so um i don't know if you could have picked anything from animal crossing that you like or like wouldn't fit into this category because mm-hmm. everything just feels like real chill in that game as far as like music goes. Yeah, there's some of the KK Slider songs that are, uh, you know, they, they emulate stuff like metal and pop and stuff that are uh, a little more upbeat. But yeah, yeah, as far as the overworld goes, uh, you get your, your fair pick of relaxing music. You know, listening to this did, did make me realize that I think I have a little bit of a PTSD with New Horizons because of the whole COVID thing. Like, that was something mm. I kind of played not fairly early on and just, like, these weird, like, memories attached to it at this point. <sighs> what a time we live in. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's really something, isn't it? <laughs> <It's>... <sighs> All right, let's go ahead and let's move on. And blessedly, uh, the composer on this one will be easier for me to uh, pronounce with my mush mouth. And uh, so, yeah. The uh, next category is music from an indie game, and you picked Counterfeit Mermaid or Mermaid Factory from Shantae Half Genie. Shantae Half Genie Hero. Jesus Christ, Jason. <laughs> and that is by Jake Kaufman, uh, <laughs> otherwise known as Vert.
That was Counterfeit Mermaids from Shantae Half Genie Hero. Okay, Michael, why did you pick this one specifically? You keep asking me for specifics and I don't have specifics to give you. This is just another okay. one. It's one of those ones where I was playing the level and I had to like stop what I was doing to really listen to it because uh, I don't know, I just like it. It, it goes places. It uh, kind of changes itself up multiple times throughout the track and just keeps getting better and better. It's like mm-hmm. three songs stapled together. That whole soundtrack is pretty good. I mean, Jay Kaufman's just sort of like infamously like really good at doing music. And yeah, he's all right. This is pretty good shit here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Vert is like nobody to sneeze at. Like I would put him like right up there with like Chibi Tech as far as like I would say like one of the premier like chiptune artists of the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a little hard to go wrong with anything Jay Kaufman's done. So if it hadn't been this track, it would have been something for Shovel Knight, which is also him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shovel Knight's, that soundtrack, like, I don't want to say that sort of, like, got me into chiptune again a little bit, but, like, when that first came out on the Wii U, I was like, Jesus, this is good. Mm-hmm. That's quite the soundtrack, and quite the uh, feat of making you think, like, this is all stuff an NES could pull when you really think about it. Like, clearly the NES was not capable of this sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. But fake the funk pretty well, anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to move on to the next one, and I really need you to explain what the hell, how, how you came across this next one here, because I just, this is the one that I was like, huh? <laughs> the most about, I think, probably. All right, and the uh, category is music from a shooter, and that is, uh, is it Rin? Rin, as far as I know. Okay. Okay. Rin's theme from the game Bleed, and the composer on that is Ian Campbell. And that was Rin's theme from Bleed. Okay, um, Michael, I'm not going to ask for specifics on this one, but what? <laughs> how, 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 how did you get to this game? I, I, I don't want to say confused, but like I have never, I don't even think given this game a second look. I first got this game on, what was it called? The Xbox Live Indie Games? Like when they have oh. a whole separate store just for indie games on there? I believe you mean Xblig? Yeah, that's right. The XBL, <laughs> XLIG. You know, whatever. XBLIG. That's yeah. the one. Xblig. Xblig. <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> worry. Um, yeah, well, you, you, you know the uh, the little behind the scenes things here of how good I am at wording too. So yeah. no worries. The joys of editing, no one will ever know. I was gonna say, you know, you didn't have to agree with me quite so quickly there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get to hear anyway. behind the scenes a couple of times now. I get, I hear more than the folks at home. So yeah, aren't you lucky? <laughs> But I don't know. I, I, this song is not like anything else on the soundtrack because it's kind of like not quite a bullet hell shooter, but it's very fast pace. Raiden mm-hmm. can do this like bullet time to dodge enemy attacks and whatnot. And everything is really pulse pounding and fast, fast, fast. And this song plays in the opening menu and she's just sitting there sipping on a milkshake while she's writing out this list of, of heroes that she's going to go out and kill so she can be the number one hero. It's kind of gives you a look into her personality. 
No. Okay. So it sort of takes a little bit of a thing from uh, No More Heroes there, basically. Yeah, kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I, I knew the character when I downloaded the file for the music and I saw the face and I was like, oh, okay. It's like, or the character portrait. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I've seen this character portrait before, but that's, that's been it. So you're saying this rest of the soundtrack doesn't really sound like this, right? Right. Okay. Because I was thinking like, if the rest of the soundtrack is like this, like this is definitely something I want to check out. Do you think I would probably like the rest of the soundtrack? Uh, hard to say. It's, it's, okay. it's very different from this track, but I think that's why this one stands out to me so well. Okay. Just such a widely divergent piece of music from the rest mm-hmm. of it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was just kind of curious because I, I think I'd probably give it a listen anyway. Just, uh, you know, a bit of curiosity, just kind of how I am. Like, I hear something I like from one thing and I'm like, hey, I got to listen to this whole thing now. And then mm-hmm. sometimes that doesn't go well for me. And then other times oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, other times I find Shining Blade, um, <laughs> a Peruki Kakuta album. I didn't know was a Kakuta album that I'm like, oh. Cool. Here's an, here's an episode eventually. Well, <laughs> so well, if you end up liking Bleed, uh, it got a sequel too. So there are two soundtracks. Bleed also maybe. Bleed two. Bleed two. Oh, okay. See, I would, I would want Bleed also. Yeah, so. it's the number more, two. Or too, more so. blood. <laughs> more bleed. Bleed as well. Bleed out. I don't know. I don't know why I'm coming up with stupid names here. Jeez. <laughs> we'll just uh, we'll just blame it on me, me being sleepy, perhaps, and sure. just roll with that. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to the next one, and that is music from a license game. You pick Duckburg from Quackshot, and the composer on that is Shigenori Kamiya. Duckburg from Quackshot, and this is a Genesis game, am I correct? Oh yeah, you can tell from okay. how farty the music is. Yeah, okay. Um, I wasn't gonna, I was gonna say something here, but um, um, I'm trying not to be a little mean here, but huh? I mean, I'm sort of at a loss with this one. <laughs> uh, the little toots in this one just kind of hit my ear wrong, maybe. Well, uh, I think this is just another one that I used to play back in the day. A friend of mine had it, and this is one we'd always pop in whenever I went to his house. I, I don't know. It's just. Uh, it's another one of those fun, energetic tracks for the, the first level of the game. kind of shows you that you're about to go on this fun adventure. But yeah, it, okay. is very, it is very farty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's those little, like, it's a little, like, horn thing that it's trying to do. The little... I'm like, oh, geez, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> but, you know, again, that's just sort of the Genesis thing. But, you know, I'm also guilty of stuff that I liked as a kid that, uh, you know, I sometimes put on and I'm like, yeah, this is purely a nostalgia trip for me. <laughs> exactly, yep. 
Yeah. No, I totally get that. And, you know, and this is, again, sort of what this list is for is like stuff that evokes these or like themes in your head for Mm -hmm. you. And if that if this does it for you, it certainly doesn't for me, because when I saw Duckburg, I was immediately thinking like, oh, this is going to be like the DuckTales theme kind (laughs) of. And then I was like, and this is nothing like this. We'll talk about DuckTales a a little later on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was going to say we both ended up picking up DuckTales on on this. So completely different tracks, obviously. But I I think you did that for this theme. Maybe I did. I don't I don't know. I don't remember. I think you've learned that as soon as an episode goes out, I forget almost immediately what was said. <laughs> well, it's not like you put out hundreds of tracks every couple of weeks. I don't know how you can't remember them all. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, boy, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like I've done like 300 something podcasts over the course of my life. Like, how could I not remember everything I've ever said on them? Yeah, yeah. Get on it. <laughs> Oh uh, boy, I need to go back and listen to the catalog apparently because uh, let me see. So, oh, it would take me like uh, 600 hours or so, 700 hours maybe to get through all of them. No thanks, I can't even imagine. Do you ever go <laughs> back and to listen to your early stuff? Oh god, no. That, no, yeah, that no, seems no, like no. just the worst idea. I listened to the first episode of this one a few times just to sort of like, you know, like, okay, what did I like? Did I have what the show ended up becoming after I lost my co host down, sort of? And I was like, no, I did not. Okay. <laughs> It's kind of funny that just like, yeah, but uh, I mean, there's been things that I um, have done that I'm like, I've gone back and listened to and cringe at myself. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, I also have to listen to my own voice an awful lot. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. When people are like, hey, you've got a great voice. I'm like, you don't have to listen to me as much as I do. <laughs> so, no, I don't think so. But thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, we're going to go ahead and move on, man. And the next one is RPG Battle Music. And you picked Fight Against Monsters from Super Mario RPG, and that was Yoko Shimomura. And uh, she totally didn't steal this one from anybody, at least. So we've got that going for us. from super mario rpg okay so um this would not have been my first pick but i i i totally approve i do like this one quite a bit yeah this was a tough one to to narrow down because like the key to rpg battle music is to make it catchy but not super annoying because you're going to hear it mm, a few hundred times probably through the course Uh of the game Uh Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. uh, mario rpg is pretty good about mixing it up kind of like uh your favorite and snes rpg earthbound it's very, a lot of different battle themes. Mm-hmm. That was sarcasm for people that yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't know. I'm, Jason I'm, does not care for Earthbound. It's <sighs> it's it's, it's feel, a little feel, dated. It's got some some dated mechanics to it. I will give. I you feel that. like I should. I feel like I should defend myself a little bit here. Like it's really just there's just too much grinding in that game. Like mm, entirely yeah. too much. And yeah, I mean you know like 
it's it's heralded as like one of the best JRPGs ever. And then I played against Chrono Trigger, and I'm like, <laughs> maybe not, because Chrono Trigger is like real breezy, and this kind of feels like a slog sometimes. Uh, yeah, Chrono Trigger is only like half the length too. That that tends to help. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then yeah. Anyway, uh, so okay. Uh, wait, what the hell? Oh, okay, yeah. So Super Mario RPG. Yeah, and I think if memory is serving me right, I think this is one of uh, Shimomura's like first RPG soundtracks she did. I'm not entirely not sure, know. but I think I think this is one of her first. So, um, yeah, this is a pretty big departure for her as far as like stuff goes. And like, I, she kind of knocked it out of the park. And as I sort of alluded to um, in the uh, I guess previous segment, as I introduced this, like, uh, you know, a lot of Shimomura is like not a lot of, but you know, a good amount of Shimomura is like early work is um, just like, hey, I heard this. I'm just gonna go ahead and use this part from this song, this part from this song, and slap it together. And hey, there's Guile's theme. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always kind of shitty to find these things out. You know, that whole thing of like, you know, don't get to know your heroes, but yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like me finding out about Machiro Yamane, some right wing nut job. So, like, oh, cool. You great, really great Castlevania music, and you're a psycho. Swell. (laughs) So, okay, should we just move on here from this uncomfortable topic? Let's do that. All right, puzzle game music. Uh, What you picked was Welcome to the Salon. And that was from Ghost Trick, and the composer on that is Masakazu Sugimori, who I'm very familiar with because of Murder by Numbers and Phoenix Wright. So that one, yeah, yeah. I got that one down. Yeah. <laughs> This is a game I've never actually played, nor listened to the soundtrack. So give me a little insight as to like what made you think about this one specifically. Uh, I love the strings in this, which I know you can appreciate. Uh, it's it's another one that's very strange from the rest of the soundtrack. This kind of plays when you're introduced to the villains and they are uh, quote-unquote foreign to mm-hmm. the, the, 
the land that our hero is from. So it's uh, it's meant to be like a, a foreign sounding track compared to everything else. And I highly recommend playing this game. It's so good. I'm going to have to one of these days. Is it? I wonder if it's still available on iOS because it was on iOS for a while. Mm, that I don't know. But Capcom's um, not been great about keeping their stuff updated. So mm-hmm. who knows? Without Mega or Street in the name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even then the Street Fighter stuff. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I don't understand playing Street Fighter on a phone, but hey, whatever. <laughs> oh, it is what it is. So, yeah, this is this is one I think would be perfect for iOS, and I think I should really go check this out. Because I, I listened to a, um, a Retronauts about it a few months ago and was like, yeah, I'm intrigued. I, I really should check this game out. It's, it's very interesting. It's one of those few ones that can actually make me care about the story, which is uh, a feat. Yeah. Yeah, it's not to say video game writing's not usually not great, but video game writing's usually not great, as I can attest to with the game I'm playing for Game Club right now. So, um, yeah. It is, anyway, uh... It is, <laughs> it is still on iOS. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, because I know they sold it in like ep- or episodically, effectively, and I was like, I don't know. It was just sort of like a thing I cringed at a little, and now that everything's like uh, free-to-play, but, you know, you have to be a whale, basically, to uh, to actually get anywhere... I, I, I'm like, I, I kind of long for those days now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think uh, ghost trick's going to have to go on the phone one of these days and, um, at least sit there on my screen and look pretty and eventually, yeah. you know, maybe tempt me into playing it, put down final <laughs> fantasy record keeper. Finally. You don't play games. We just buy them to have them. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, oof, boy. Yeah. And you know, at least, um, it used to be with the physical ones, I could turn around and sell them like 10 years later after I've uh, not ever touched them and we'd be like, oh, cool, I can actually make a little money off this. Whereas the d- digital ones just sit there and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> what did I do that for? I talked myself out of buying like three games that are on sale on Xbox Live or on Xbox uh, this week. And I was like, I'm probably never going to play these. Don't do this, Jason. Don't do this to yourself. I know they're like three bucks, but exactly. that's $12 you don't need to spend, dude. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, that's like, that's like a third of a vinyl you could be buying. Don't do this to yourself. <laughs> Uh, see, see, I, I realistically, I know I'm going to spend it on something else, but at least it'd be something physical <laughs> that True. I could turn around eventually. So, you know, yeah, there's always that. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next one. And that is music that makes you sad. And you picked Aerith's, Aerith's theme from Final Fantasy VII. And the composer on that is uh, Nobuo Uematsu. And um, that is apparently a word that confounds many people, including my own occasionally. Uh, <laughs> some tongue there. So, yeah. Anyway, here we go.
And that was Aerith Seam from Final Fantasy VII, and I still say Aerith, unfortunately. I need to correct that eventually. <laughs> Anyway, uh, what specifically made you go towards uh, Aerith's team? I mean, uh, you don't, uh, you're don't you not a big fan of uh, Flower Girl getting uh, run through with a gigantic sword and then you dropping her corpse into the water? As far as the song itself, I can't really say anything that hasn't been said by dozens of people better. But uh, I played through the game the first time last year, like late last year. In a, oh. Even knowing that this part was coming up when she gets run through and this theme starts playing, it still kind of choked me up a little bit. Like... Uh, it's just it, the theme itself is full of emotion. It is very evocative. I will certainly give you that. Um, I went back and played it like originally, like when it came out, I was fairly into it. And then I got to the very end where you go into the crater and um, my disc was scratched Ooh. and I could not proceed any further. So I was just like, oh, f-. then I tried to go back to it again, like years later and just found myself like very uninterested in the game. <laughs> And the characters and the writing and um, the music styling, I suppose. Like, you know, just the early the kind of PS1 sound just didn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. And um, then I ended up playing for Game Club and kind of, like, appreciated it a little bit more. Because, uh, you know, you could... Uh, I-, I played the PS4 version and, uh, you know, you can speed up. Not the remake, but the, uh, right. the original version that you could, uh, yeah, like, speed up and put yourself invincible. And I was just like, you know, I just kind of want to get through the story here and check this out. And I, I learned to appreciate it a little bit more, but... Earth's eyes always seemed a little bit too dead for me to actually care when she died. <laughs> kind of looks like Woody think, from Toy Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except, you know, at least Woody's voiced by a human being. So, Earth <laughs> just kind of sits there and blinks at you. Just like, blink, blink, blink. It's like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> Creepy. Creepy little weirdo polygonal doll. <laughs> With ham fists. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. With three different uh, character... Th- I've, that is something that has always fascinated me about Final Fantasy VII is just the like three different like character uh, things that they models that they have for mm-hmm. them like you know the hand fists the the battle ones and then like the CG uh, animated sequences <laughs> it's just like why why are there three different versions like God, okay guys like seriously like I, I'm fine with the hand fist thing but just like let's let's pick a style and, and stick with it please because <laughs> we we finally have some processing power but not all the processing power so. Yeah, not enough, unfortunately. <laughs> so they fix it with the remake. It it looks pretty great. Yeah, it does look pretty great. Unfortunately, I really, really don't like that game. But <laughs> it's not for everyone. I played it. and I was like, yeah, I played it. and I was like, boy, if I'm gonna play an action RPG, I'm just gonna go with a Falcom game. So thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm just rather play Ease Eight again than play this thing. The soundtrack's amazing, though. I will, oh, yeah. I will give it that. Yeah, the soundtrack is. Boy, they nailed it. Um, yeah, Uematsu like really got, came back and uh, like rearranged his stuff like fantastically for that. I really can't wait to get to like Sid's theme and the and the high wind takes to the sky. Like once they do that, if they ever do that, um, you know, I know I know they said that things in production and everything, but um, if this is looking the way it's gonna be, like I'm gonna be like 50 by the time the series wraps up or by the time this remake wraps up. Ah. <sighs> Here in 2025 when we get the next installment. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that might be being generous. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and let's move on after we've uh, had a weird little diatribe about Final Fantasy VII. And that is uh, music from a game you don't like. And um, all right. We're going to have some words. Yep. Uh, we're we're, we're, we're going to talk about this. Uh, you picked Aquarius from Castlevania Three, And the composers on that one are Hidenori Maizawa, Jun Funaashi, Yuki Morimoto and Yoshinori Sasaki.
And that was Aquarius from Castlevania 3. All right, Michael, you, you got some explaining to do, okay. young man. So, Castlevania 3 was my favorite of the original Castlevania games until okay. I played the Japanese version. And it is so much easier to get through that I cannot, oh, okay. cannot go back to the North American version because, like, they changed a bunch of the sub-weapons to just be hearts. And Grant actually can throw his dagger as his standard attack. And it, it's, oh, it's so much simpler to get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so. you know, that was uh, them trying to combat the rental uh, exactly. businesses out here. But yep. yeah, it's still a fucked up thing to do. And also, <laughs> the um, I, I would say the uh, Famicom version's uh, soundtrack is oh, yeah. a little bit more robust. Mm-hmm. I, there are, you know, the... The NES one's fine. Like, I think it's it's still really good. It's a, like, wonderful piece uh, or, like, a wonderful, like, compilation, if you will, of um, what, like, really good chiptune can do and what, like, the NES is capable of. But then you hear the Famicom version and you're just like, oh, shit, that extra sound channel they threw in there, like, really turned this up a notch. <laughs> but it was, so. it was just an excuse to uh, work this, you know, something from Castlevania 3. And, like, I really don't kind of like that game anymore because I could play... Uh, the Japanese version that I'm going to try to pronounce the title of. Go ahead. Go for it. Uh, I'd have to look it up. Akamojo. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's Akamojo uh, Dracula. And then I forget the rest. I don't know the subtitle. Who cares? We'd even say the subtitle for uh, the actual, uh, the English one. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Anyway, I, I I could be wrong entirely, too. I don't know. This is just off the top of my head, and we're just going with uh, the memory of a near 40-year-old who uh, sleeps like three hours a day sometimes and has a constant shoulder pain. So who knows? I could be saying entirely wrong and missing multiple syllables. At least you have that to blame it on. I'm like, well, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that my memory has always sucked, so it doesn't really matter. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead, and we're going to move on to the next one, and that is music featuring vocals. And you pick Jump Up Superstar from Super Mario Odyssey. And, oh, God, man. Okay, the composers on that are Naoto Kubo with the English lyrics by Rob Turnstall and performed by the Super Mario players with the vocals by Kate Higgins. Dear God, man, you are earning, you're making me earn that 20 bucks. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, anyway, here's Jump Up Superstar. Here we go, off the rails Don't you know it's time to raise our sails It's freedom like you never knew Don't need bags or a pass Say the word, I'll be there in a flash You could say my hat is off to you Oh, we can zoom all the way to the moon From this great wide wacky world Jump with me, grab coins with me, oh yeah Jump up in the air Jump up, don't be scared Jump up and your cares will soar away And if the dark clouds don't just work Don't feel a chain of tears I'll be your one-up girl So let's all jump up super high High up in the sky There's no power up like dancing You know that you're my superstar Yeah. 
Jump Up Superstar from Super Mario Odyssey. All right. What made you go with this one specifically? This song made me buy a Switch because I heard the commercial on the break room at work and it kind of like made my, I kind of welled up a little bit. For whatever reason, it's just instantly nostalgic. I feel like I heard this 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of captures that, that Mario feeling, you know? Absolutely. I I, I do understand that. And um, I, I, have noticed like Nintendo seems to really like big band music effectively. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's something that really comes through here. Confession time here. I'm not a huge fan of Mario games anymore. I just, I don't know what it is about them. I don't like them. Thomas and I were driving while I was listening to this playlist of yours, actually. And this one came up and he asked me if he could play the game. And of course I'd already packed up super Mario Odyssey. So I had to <laughs> dig it out of one of the boxes for him to play and then he got me to play it with him and i was just like oh i know this is bonding time but i do not like this game (laughs) wow yeah yeah i'm honestly i'm not a big fan of uh, mario games like for the most part like i i like three worlds 64 and it's kind of about where i like i kind of wrap up i can appreciate the design on them and how good they are it's just they just don't do it for me anymore like the older ones i kind of have trouble going back to like i played 64 probably a couple years ago and it was Mm -hmm. just scraping by to get the 70 stars to go fight bowser because i was just so ready for it to be over gotcha i have heard from multiple sources and uh you might remember this but um heather ann campbell from um well get played when they were Mm -hmm. talking about um mario 64 
that it controls funny now, but it's because of the lack of travel on modern um, like analog sticks that the Nintendo 64 had. And Ooh. that might be why, because she played it on original hardware, because that's just the way she is. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yep. And but I, I've I've kind of learned to like maybe like maybe there's something to that. So I've debated on getting one of those uh, weirdo wireless ones for the um, um, what you call it uh, for the Switch. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't even like the 64 that much. So I don't know if it's really mm-hmm. worth it just to experiment when I could just get an Evercart and put that on my <laughs> Nintendo 64 instead and just do it that way. So for me, it was always the camera that that really bugged me, and I, I felt, felt it led to a lot of untimely deaths in that game. Yeah, no, I can completely understand that. I mean, you know, it it did uh, sort of uh, it was the first kind of stab, or one of the first, one of the very first stabs oh, yeah. at a 3D camera. So you know, it what it did was admirable, even if uh, today not ideal. Right. I suppose would be the word for it. So. Uh. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next one, and that is boss battle music. And you picked I'll Face Myself from Persona 4, and the composer on that is Shoji Meguro.
All right, and that was I'll Face Myself from Persona 4. Okay, um, we're probably going to have a little bit of a longer conversation about this one here, so why don't you uh, why don't you tell me why you picked this one first? Uh, man. Where to start with Persona 4? It's, like, possibly my favorite RPG. I Golden got me through a pretty rough time in my life. I just kind of sat down and started playing it and mm-hmm. beat it in, like, a week. But this track particular, it, it kind of starts off soft and then the rock kicks in. It's like it mimics that deeper, darker side that everyone has that the, the game story is all about. And and then the strings kick in. And it's even better. OK, yeah. See, for me, like about a minute in, it has this like a string thing kind of kicks in. It just I did dig that. Um, but the guitar playing like the first couple of minutes just doesn't do it for me. There's a, a point in where the violin kind of takes over as a lead. And I like that a lot more. There's just like less distortion during that part but for the most part i'm not really sure i like this and this is a confession here i uh shoji Megura's work has never really clicked with me art, art is subjective everyone everyone likes what they like yeah 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 and like i said i this is like this has been one of those things i've been like i think i even mentioned on the previous or two episodes ago because i kind of recorded those within a day of each other so i don't remember off the top of my head but um like, you know, if somebody comes on and, like, the $20 for uh, a Persona game, I will probably uh, push you in the direction of another game or mm-hmm. refund your $20 because it's you're not going to get me to do that. <laughs> so. Yeah, they are they are a commitment, a time commitment, to be sure. Oh, it's not, not even the time commitment. I've, I've tried multiple oh, times as yeah. far as the soundtracks go. I have tried. I've tried Catherine, and they just do not do it for me at all. Like, it has just been a struggle every time. It, I, it's, it's weird to describe listening to a soundtrack as a struggle, but for me, like they just do not do anything for me emotionally at all. It is just like, yep, this is music. Hey, that's, that's how you feel. That's how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I, I don't hold it against anybody because clearly there's something wrong with me <laughs> because <laughs> there are a ton of people that love these soundtracks like dearly. And I'm just like. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a no for me, dog. Hey, <laughs> so, there are people out there that don't like the Falcon music, so. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you can do that, but exactly, weird, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all it's just because they haven't, just because they haven't heard Falcom enough. That's all it is. <laughs> One can argue nobody's really heard Falcom, <laughs> so you know, I, th- I think between, um, I think between the Vita, the PS4, and the PC, Ease 8 sold like a million copies. And they were like, holy shit, we finally did it, guys! <laughs> and, yeah, for... I don't even know if it was a million. Maybe it was half a million. I don't know. Like, you know, they're they're, they're a very, um, let's say, boutique uh, development studio. <laughs> so... <laughs> who just happens to have, like, some of the best composers, like, go through their doors for whatever reason. I never figured that out. But, anyway... So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, 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 this isn't, like, something that I'm, like, ever going to be like, oh, my God, why would you like this? But it's just like, yeah, this doesn't do it for me, man. Hey, teach their own. Exactly. All right, we're going to move on to the next one, and that is 16-bit music. And you picked Battle Number 2 from Lufia 2, and the composer on that is Yasunori Shiono. <laughs> Thank you. 
And that was Battle Number 2 from Lufia 2. This is a little bit more up my alley. So yeah. uh, what what made you think about the, this one specifically? Anything? I, I love Lufia 2. It, it, man, I feel like I keep going here. But I think it's my favorite RPG on the Super Nintendo. And I know that's, that's a tall order up against Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy right. 6 and Earthbound. Secret um, of Mana. <laughs> Secret of Mana. Yes. <laughs> Secret of Evermore. But I've never met anyone that said Secret of Evermore is their favorite RPG. <laughs> no, I own it. That counts for anything. I, I, I played through the whole damn thing. And, um, you know, I, I was one of those people that bought into the, like, oh, this is a Secret of Mana sequel. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is not at all. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so, they knew what they were doing with that marketing. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 the Square, the one game that uh, Square America put out, uh, they weren't stupid with what they were doing. So. <laughs> As far as this track goes, it uh, it plays during the boss battles, and it sure gets the blood pumping. It is so rocking. Yeah, this one is just dope as shit, and let me just say, always forgiven for the last one now. <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, even, like, th- my only complaint with it is the, uh, the, and this is nothing to do with the uh, composition of it itself, it's just the uh, sound sampling that was used. Uh, the rhythm guitar in it, it's a little cheesy sounding, just a, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> But, you know, if the rest of it is just like, okay, this thing kicks ass. Like, if if you had, like, maybe made this uh, with, like, Redbook Audio and some, like, you know, like a live instrumentation sort of thing, god damn, this would be so good. Oh, Holy yeah. shit. Like, get a real rhythm guitar in there, kind of, like, muffled uh, whatever farty uh, <laughs> Super Nintendo sample kind of used there. I, I, again, the Super Nintendo does some amazing things with sound for what it's supposed to be capable of. And sometimes it does like, weird things with that, like, that rhythm guitar sound that you're like, what, why? <laughs> so... <laughs> But for something like that to happen and not detract from my enjoyment of this is uh, is a pretty tall order and says a lot about this thing. They worked with what they had. Yeah. Granted, this is also one of the most, um, let's say, uh, capable machines as far as sound goes at the time. So, oh, yeah. I mean, the sampling library they had was exhaustive. <laughs> we talked about the farty genesis that this could have been on. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've learned to appreciate the Genesis sound a little bit more as um, I've dug into this podcast more. It's just there are times when they get a little, like, way too farty. Um, then, yeah, there's a way that you can kind of, like, I guess, pick the right stuff and it doesn't sound quite so just like, <laughs> you know, like mouth horny. And yeah, yeah it's just, yeah. Oh, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. So. All right, um, let's go ahead and move on to another uh, one I'm going to say I really like, and that is music you never get tired of, and you picked Another Winter from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and that was done by Anamanaguchi.
All right, that was another winter from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Okay, so um, to people, I, I don't, or, you know, for this podcast, I don't think I've ever brought up Anamanaguchi, but there another reason I sort of got into chiptune. The, um, I think it's Sunset Hughes something blue. I forget what it is exactly, but um, it's from one of their albums. That was the uh, Nerdist podcast theme song. I don't know if it still is because I stopped listening to that years ago, but um, yeah, I heard that and I was like, wow, this this band is really cool. I think they do a really good job of like mixing like rock and chiptune in very well together. And this uh, sort of personifies that pretty well. So what exactly made you think this one? Like what, what out of the, I wouldn't say like entirety of that really great soundtrack, why this one stuck out in your mind specifically? Uh, this is yet another track from the first level in the game that just kind of gets me to get mm, pumped okay. and go out there and kick some ass. And it's also based on like my favorite movie ever oh really scott pilgrim versus the world's your favorite movie huh? yeah it's good stuff okay i have never seen it honestly really it's yeah. the only thing i can watch michael sarah in <laughs> I, I can't say i blame you on that <laughs> so <laughs> i yeah he, i think he does make a good scott pilgrim though mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of end of the role to the point where you kind of forget it's him partway into the movie gotcha Gotcha. Yeah, that's a that's a movie like I remember like it coming out and I was just like, eh. but it's sort of like one of those things that like I really should check this movie out. Like, you know, especially since it's, you know, supposed to, it's, I guess, a fun video game based movie instead of the shitty and awful video game movie <laughs> that movies that I've had to watch, uh, you know, 74 yeah. of at this point now. So, yeah, maybe maybe I should go and watch this and I'll have a really deep appreciation for it. So <laughs> or you'll hate it. You know, you never know. I. I doubt it. I really, really <laughs> doubt it because um, hate is a very, very strong word I've learned for movies. And those are pretty much uh, video like you. You'd have to be something just like pure excrement to uh, make me hate you at this point <laughs> as far as movies go. There are episodes of that out there that people can go listen to. Go listen to Postal. It made me <laughs> uh, it, it nearly ended the podcast. <laughs> so. <laughs> We nearly decided that the endeavor was over at that point. And that podcast is Multimedia Failure, my uh, video game movie podcast, if you're uh, unaware. for there, there are people who actually only listen to one of these podcasts and don't listen to any of the others So that I do, which is understandable. Because if you're just here for video game music, why the hell would you want to listen to me um, suffer through talking about video game movies? Anyway, our next category is music from a game released in uh, your birth year. And you picked stage one from uh, Mario Brothers. Not Super Mario Brothers, Mario Brothers. And the composer on that is Yukio Kanaoka.
Mm-hmm. From Mario Brothers. Were you uh, struggling to find something from your birth year like I was? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, video game music in, uh, you were 83 or 84? 83. 83. Yeah, uh, 82 for me, and I, you know, I picked the theme song from a uh, TV show that was based on a game that came out in 1982, because 1982's uh, pickings were extremely slim, so... <laughs> I, I think this is actually from the NES version. I couldn't find anything to confirm that one way or another, but uh, it was super catchy and I liked it. So this was uh, what I went with. Well, I mean, it's not the DOS version anyway, so there's that. <laughs> oh, God. That was how I actually played this was, I think, on DOS <laughs> So originally. my uh, One of my favorite teachers in um, fifth grade, Mr. Camel, he had a uh, he had this like real busted up old computer that ran DOS. And uh, well, I guess by today's standards, it's busted up. It, you know, it's it is what, you know, it's probably a decent machine back then. But it ran DOS and I was playing uh, Mario Brothers on it at one point. <laughs> so, I don't know how I managed that. I really don't. I, I just have a very <laughs> strong memory of doing that. So I think it was because my dad was a teacher there and maybe I got stuck after school. So to keep me entertained, they just threw me on the computer and let me play games. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe that was it. But. Anyway, yeah, this is a catchy little thing. I, I don't really remember, um, I don't really remember music from this. So maybe in the DOS version, there just wasn't music. I could be wrong. I don't know. It's, uh, it was a, it was a long ass time ago that I played this thing. So that's why it makes me think that it's probably from the NES version. Cause I don't even think the arcade version would have had music. Like even Donkey Kong's just the sound of Mario walking and jumping. During... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does the little jingle, I think at the very beginning, but that's about right. it. Yeah, video game music for uh, for us old people is a little <laughs> a little non-existent. Um, you know, I mean, granted, there are people older than us who uh, there literally just was no video game music <laughs> or video games in general. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are like about about two, three years too old for there to be like legitimate things that I think you could pick from and be like, yeah, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is sort of, this is sort of just one of those things of like, here's a thing that isn't awful or three seconds long. <laughs> so. No, I see uh, other people doing this 30 day challenge like, ah, oh, here's something from Majora's Mask. And it's like, oh, God, I'm old. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, John likes to rub my face in uh, how much younger he is, even though he's getting closer and closer to 30. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to fall apart soon. <laughs> Excellent. Rubbing your hands together. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <sighs> all right, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. And that is... Let's see. Cover of music by a different artist. You picked Life Will Change from Persona 5. You are really out to get me today, aren't you? (laughs) That was done by Amelie.
Life will change from Persona 5. All right. Um, so what uh, what kind of drove you to this one? So I never actually beat Persona 5 because as we uh, stated before, it is quite the, the time yeah, it's 390 sink. hours long. Yeah, yeah. Okay. approximately. But the <laughs> instrumental of this track was easily my, my favorite, the, the, my takeaway from the game that I did play. And then I heard this version of it and realized that Sonic Slay's lyrics too, and it just kind of blew me away. Like, Amelie does some... She does a lot of covers of anime openings and stuff. Mm-hmm. So to to hear that she did some video game music too is awesome. I am not familiar with her work. Um like is she like an actual like like Oh, she's a she's a YouTuber yeah. as far as I know. I don't know if she's Oh, like, that's funny. I was that was literally going to be the question is she a YouTuber? Oh, okay, I was yep. like, well that just sounds too generic. <laughs> so as far uh, as I know. Does she have a SoundCloud where she has a rap album? <laughs> give it time i wonder if that joke's even like relevant anymore (laughs) so people even do that still i don't know like i haven't thought about soundcloud in a couple of years so probably still listen to it all the time too yeah it still is it's well at least it updates on my phone occasionally still probably a good sign i don't know it could be like we're we're shuttering their doors and just doing this to be a pain in the ass (laughs) just take data from you so yeah, see, I kind of like the uh, the disco kind of funk feel uh, for the most part, but again, it just it just doesn't like emotionally connect with me. Like, I, like I listen to it, and I'm like, all right, yeah, I kind of kind of dig it on this, and then just I, I guess I don't know what it is. I I think at this point now it it is just a mental block. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's just like a mental block of like my brain just does not want to enjoy it because it's just like, hey, you haven't liked anything else this guy has done before, so I'm just gonna prevent you from doing this to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also kept me away from the series itself too. 
about how far did in did you get in Persona Five? I got to one, two, like five dungeons in. Like I was definitely past the halfway point. It was probably oh, okay. forty hours. Okay. Yeah, again, I can't shit talk anyone for putting a lot of time into a single game because, you know, Tactics Over has taken over uh, probably like uh, six, seven, or over 600 hours of my life. We all so, have those games. Like, I, I've put yeah. over a thousand hours in Terraria, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but see, um, Tactics Ogre is, uh, you know, a, a, not a linear thing, but it doesn't have like this gigantic open world thing that you can do. Like, this has an end game. <laughs> so, I just played it through a bunch of times on the PS1, like a weirdo, so. Okay. you and i talking about it got me to uh start it up again on uh on my vita and uh trying to like completely finish the vita ver- or the psp version now which is fantastic but yeah it's just uh yeah i don't have time for this shit i thanks a lot for doing yeah. this to me i'm sorry <laughs> so. slash you're welcome <laughs> yeah yeah uh screw you slash thank you <laughs> <laughs> so uh okay let's go ahead and let's move on to the next one and that is music from a racing game and you picked uh an untitled track from Car Battler Joe, and the composer on that is Yuzo Koshiro. That was a random untitled track from Car Battler Joe. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, I do find it interesting that we both picked a Yuzo Koshiro racing game pieces, but uh, they're uh, wildly different because <laughs> mine was, uh, you know, more of like an EDM uh, thing from um, one of the Wangan games. So, 
Everyone knows Car Battler Joe. Are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. It's totally not something that I started on a whim like a month ago and kind of fell in love with it, even though it's so simple. <laughs> I think I'd heard about it on the Hardcore Gaming 101 podcast a few years ago, and that is the only other time I've thought about it since you brought it up. I was like, wait, I remember hearing about that game. And then I looked up the composer when you were talking about it, and I was like, oh, Chizo Kashiro. Okay, clearly this is going to be some good stuff. And it is. It's The yeah. soundtrack's pretty good. I like this track, even though... As far as I could remember, you only hear it at the end of the story. It's like the stinger for the post-game stuff. It's like, hey, we're going to go start this car battling tournament. And this song that starts off like a Pokemon battle and then kind of just goes into its own thing starts playing. It's, um, I want to, this is a soundtrack now I want to listen to because it's Yuzu Koshiro, but... And I think I think I've talked about this with you. I know I've talked about it before on the podcast that I have a hard time with the Game Boy Advance just because of how muffled it sounds, mm-hmm. how compressed. And um, a friend of mine uh, who used to go by Omega Man or yeah, Omega Man ZX on uh, on his YouTube channel, but his uh, name's like Tom, Tom. It's Tom Northrup. Northrup. And um, he and I were talking a little bit about it, and it just we've never been able to find a, a exact reason for why the Game Boy Advance sounds the way it does. And for me, it's just, it's always just always been like, there's some like stuff on there that people have managed to work around the limitations of the hardware. And then there's stuff that are just like, why does this exist? Oh God, why does this have to sound like this? It's basically the Genesis all over again. Cause like you'll have Sonic and then you have half of Treasure's catalog. That's just, again, it's just super farty, but Game Boy Advance has, like, Golden Sun and Aria of Sorrow, so you get a few good ones, but yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of it's just uh, kind of poo-poo. Yeah, yeah. When um, my friend Kim Exil was on, like, an episode, like, oh, God, it has to be, like, nearly 50 episodes ago at this point, um, she had brought up the Golden Sun, sa- or a track from the Golden Sun soundtrack she really liked, and I was like, oh, God, like, that's Game Boy Advanced. And I felt, like, obligated to, like, play it because it was, like, a good stopping break point there when I was editing, and I went and pulled it up, and I was like, Oh Christ! This is actually this actually sounds really good. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, it was one of those. And this, you know, outside of the, like like I said, the weird, um, you know, kind of muffled compression thing. Like again, this is some really good stuff. It it's a testament to uh, Yuzo Koshiro being able to use this um um weird hardware or whatever the hell the Game Boy Advance is as far as its music goes. Yeah, it's it's weird to see someone that's not first party Nintendo really uh utilizing their stuff so well. Yeah, yeah. And granted, um. I can't think of it. I, don't, I mean, outside of um, the like the, the one thing that comes to mind when you say that is, you know, I don't know about utilizing it well because that was just what I needed. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if that was necessary in a Game Boy Advance game. Yeah, constantly. like even those <laughs> Mario ports, they added sound effects to everything. It's just like, uh, mm-hmm. eh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, I mean, that was, uh, oh, God, who did who did our Golden Sun? That was uh, Camelot, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then um that was the other was Konami and this is was this Konami as well? Oh, shit. I just played it and I still don't remember who it was. For shame. <laughs> shame. Oh, I'm going to get the knows, bells out of act. Shame. Everyone knows Tyler Joe. This was developed by Ancient. Ancient. Oh, okay. Well, that's Yuzo Kashiro's like kind of development studio. That makes sense then. <laughs> they so, did the often overlooked Robo track on Super Nintendo. Right. Okay. I wouldn't say often. I would say constantly. Yeah, extremely. 
Yes. Like Quintet people... made other games that weren't the the Lucian trilogy, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there's also the Act Razor games. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah. No, at least Act Razor one. <laughs> Act Razor two isn't bad. It's just you know not the same game. It's, yeah, so. it's not one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's go ahead and let's uh, move on here after we've uh, gone on another uh, diatribe here. <laughs> yep. uh, so you can always tell when it's time to move on when we've uh, gone completely off topic. <laughs> and that is our next one is uh, music you associate with frustration. And you pick title screen from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and the composer on that is Kozo Nakamura. was a title screen from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the NES game. I'm sure you figured that out after you've done that. And uh, this is um, something we picked from the same game. Uh, I, I went and looked it up because I was like, I'm pretty sure I picked something from this one. I sure did. I picked the uh, the thing that plays when you're uh, swimming through the dam. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was my first thought, too. But I'm like, oh, the whole game is kind of frustrating. So I'm just going to go with the title screen because it's, it's kind of rocking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this... That is the thing that bothers me sometimes about, I mean, that was the initial concept for Rocket with the Card Out mm-hmm. is uh, great music from games that kind of suck. And <laughs> I think the, I, the original Ninja Turtles game like falls in that category very, very, very well because mm-hmm. that soundtrack kicks ass and that game sucks ass. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, from everything I could tell, like I, uh, and I've read and heard reported before, I was like, that did not even start off life as a Ninja Turtles game. They just sort of shoehorned it in, basically. Well, considering that all the enemies are just look like assets that they rip from other games, I totally believe that. Yeah, yeah, I think they were making something else, and they were just like, let's put the Ninja Turtles in here. That makes sense. Way to go, Ultra <sighs> Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Konami, what a... <laughs> what a weird, weird, weird existence you've had. What a, uh, I guess we should write. You know what? The writing was on the wall 30 years ago, wasn't it? About what they were going to end up doing to us. I mean, that one's kind of Nintendo's fault for limiting how many games that developers could put out. So they just found their workaround. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just mean uh, with uh, putting or just like the, the weird, I don't know, thing that they've become, I guess, as far as a corporation or conglomerate, whatever the hell you want to call them insert pachinko machine joke here i guess yeah although those some of those pachinko things that they've done with um you know um with their video game licenses or yeah, <laughs> properties some of those soundtracks kick ass so it's it's a little like i'm, I'm i some of the uh the castlevania patchy slot stuff uh i've got the two albums for those and those those are really good 
Interesting. Some really good arrangements of uh, Castlevania music. I will have to check those out. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's also that, what is it, Castlevania Judgment, that uh, 3D fighting game that nobody asked for. <laughs> On the Wii? That, yeah, 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 because when I think of fighting games, my first thought is the Wii! Yeah. Hooey. Okay, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think I think this is a generational thing for sure, because um, we bought this, uh, you know, my grandma bought this for us and as a kid, and um, I... I don't know how we thought it was the arcade game. And when we got it, it was clearly not the arcade game. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we still really soldiered through it. Oh, yeah. I have it, many fond yeah. memories of playing this with my brother. And it was just because Ninja Turtles is on the cover. And our, our parents bought us anything that was Ninja Turtles just uh, to shut us up for a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. My, uh... My grandma definitely bought this one for us, too, because my, my parents were uh, not dead against me, but uh, sort of dead against uh, us playing video games for the most part up until they just gave up, I guess, finally, <laughs> <laughs> realizing it it wasn't a fad and it wasn't going away like uh-huh. everything else we were into. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, um, boy, yeah, this uh, this was one that I think my, you know, I, I've got a lot of memories of playing it on the, uh, uh, the shitty, like, backup TV that my grandma had in her bedroom that she rarely ever used, and that's where our NES was hooked up. And I just, my brother and I like passing the controller back and forth, playing this thing and just befuddled as to what the hell we were playing. <laughs> it, I think it's, that was most kids reaction. Probably it's an experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something I think it's probably worth watching just a long play of it. Um, I would avoid uh, commentary because it's just a lot of like screaming of like, <laughs> why did this game suck? It's like, okay, we get it. Jesus, just shut up. Like, Provide some constructive criticism to it, but I, and it's funny. I think the uh, I think the PC version is actually not beatable yep. because there's a gap in there that you just can't jump. Yeah, it is broken. Yeah, that's uh, that's amusing uh, to a weird point. Like, just very fitting for this weird game to just be completely broken on the PC. Whereas that version's not on the Calabunga collection that's coming out. Oh, that's kind of a bummer. It would just be <laughs> nice, a little, uh, nice little like, hey, this is as far as you can get, <laughs> sort of thing. Big middle finger. Yeah, yeah. It would be really funny if they threw up like a big middle finger, like pixelated on there. <laughs> like, you can't continue. <laughs> uh, okay, tangential stuff means time to move on, right? Yep. All right. The next pick is Town Village Music, and you picked On It from Earthbound. And the composers in that are Keiichi Suzuka and Hirokazu Tanaka. was on it from earthbound now 
I've got to say, I do like Earthbound soundtrack. It is kind of weird and quirky. And listening to this track, I had to like go and actually make sure that it actually sounded like this on the Super Nintendo because the version, like I, I, I checked the version on the site that, you know, I, I kind of sent you over to to check for soundtracks and it didn't sound like something that the Super Nintendo was really capable of. And then I went on YouTube and watched somebody playing it and I was like, yeah, this is it. This is sure the way this thing sounds. So again, like I said, Earthbound, just my problem is just it's entirely too grindy for its own good. The soundtrack, though, is pretty cool just because it does a lot of weird shit that the Super Nintendo just, you would think, is just not capable of doing at times. And um, with me having uh, spat out about uh, my opinion on it, what drove you to pick out on it specifically as far as, like, you know, just the wealth of town village music goes? I don't I don't know, because, like, I've, I've had Earthbound. I got it new off the shelf back in the day. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd kept the boxes. That goes for a pretty penny, but... Uh-huh. Uh, so it's just it's just kind of classic in my mind. It's very first town in quotations feeling like this is again the start of your adventure, and it's uh it's pretty invocative of the the lighthearted game that awaits you, even though it goes into some really dark places towards the end. Uh, yeah, you're murdering a fe- a space fetus, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah, it gets really really weird. Yeah, and then it starts crying out for you to not kill it or something like that, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, and all the protagonists get turned into robots beforehand. Yeah, lose their bodies, and yeah, it's... It makes sense in context. Yeah, shit, shit, shit gets weird. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what a strange game. Like I said, it is charming as all get out and quirky as all get out. It is just, God, I wish I could not... Fi- you know what I wish they would do? I wish they would do the thing that they did for Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, and just uh, kind of reissue those where you could just speed up through things and make make yourself invincible... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I would, uh, I would definitely go through this game a lot, uh, a lot more readily again. Because the last time I tried to play it on the 3DS, even I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll, guess I'll do this. <laughs> it's always and a good I, sign I when you I, have to force yourself to play a game. Yeah, yeah, because I played it on the Wii U first, I think, and then I was like, you know what, the 3DS seems more, uh, more doable. And then I got to Tucson, and I was like, you know what, I think I'm, I think I'm done. <laughs> If you can't even grind on a 3DS, then maybe maybe that's just too much grinding. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I, I, I like Earthbound's soundtrack, and I like the idea of the game. It is just the act of playing Earthbound sometimes pains me. Understandable. It's a, it's a product yeah. of the time. Yeah. Actually, I think it was outdated by the time it came out. I, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Chrono yeah. Trigger's a contemporary, so. <laughs> True. Yeah, it's got that Dragon Warrior style battle system. Battle that system that. that you just constantly need to grind. I do appreciate the, um like, the the spinning wheel thing for your health bar. So yeah. if, even if you get like, you know, effectively one shotted, you can still like heal yourself up and mm-hmm. save yourself if you're fast enough. Or even if you finish the battle before it takes down to zero, you can uh, avoid death. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of cool, like I said, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. It's just the actual act of playing. It sometimes is like, <laughs> okay, <sighs> but yeah. Anyway, why don't we go ahead and move on here instead of uh, me pissing off probably a lot of listeners <laughs> by, uh, Saying I don't like uh, Persona's music and I don't like Earthbound very much <laughs> as far as gameplay goes. Oh, boy. You know, it's a good thing I can't see the numbers anymore because I would probably just see them, like, uh, dip off into the sunset here with this episode. The real point of this episode is I'm just here to, to make you out yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Jeez, oh, <laughs> thanks a lot, man. Well, you're doing a f- fantastic job of that. So, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the next uh, category, and that is underrated music. And you picked Amazon from DuckTales, and the composer of that is Hiroshige Tonomura. Thank you. 
was Amazon from DuckTales. Okay, um, I know I didn't pick, um, I know I didn't pick this because I picked the moon theme. I was the base, I did the basic bitch answer for the 8-bit music and went with the moon theme and, or maybe that was the license game. I don't remember. It was one or the other. But yeah, uh, Amazon, fantastic track, gotta say. So what made you immediately go to Amazon or did, was I, it your immediate choice? I, w- I would be certain that you did not pick the moon for underrated music because if you mentioned DuckTales music, nine... 99 people out of 100 are going to bring up the moon. Yes. Even the new uh, DuckTales series uh, uh uh, brings it in. (laughs) So, which that series is fantastic. If people haven't seen it, go watch it. It's on Disney Plus. I watched a few episodes. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's real good. But yeah, the the Amazon theme kind of gets overlooked, and I I love this track, especially Jay Kaufman's redone version and DuckTales Remastered, which I wish I liked that game more. It's just very chatty. Yeah, it definitely got into that era of video games that is just like, let me just talk and 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 talk. It's like, fine, this is not a podcast. Shut up. The fact that they got their original voice actors back, like I can kind of see they wanted to get their bang for their buck, but because I think it was the last thing Alan Young did before he passed the voice. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can definitely hear the older men. tremble in his voice a little bit there but it still was pretty cool having him in there even if again i just wish they would shut up a little bit (laughs) (sighs) yeah they're talking over the music and the whole soundtrack is great yeah 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 i'd be hard-pressed to disagree with you i think anyone would there is a remix uh or a rearrangement that came out on that somebody released on Bandcamp, and i don't remember who it was but it's sort of like an orchestral thing um remind me to send it to you it Mm. is fantastic it is like really really catchy I will do that. I think you'd appreciate that one. So, all right, we'll go ahead and uh, get off the Amazon thing because again, I, 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 I this whole soundtrack is fantastic, but I, I, I do agree. I think the Amazon, uh, the Amazon one kind of gets under appreciated just because of uh, how popular the moon theme is. And the moon's good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know this one. Uh, this was always my go-to. You just like the underdog. I think that could be. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why you like this podcast. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Just like the underdog. I'm right. no Mercado Brothers, so I don't have, uh, yeah, as nearly as many listeners for 
reasons. Anyway, uh, we're going to go ahead and move on, and I'm going to shut up uh, So uh, before I really out myself. Um, the next one is music you constantly have stuck in your head, and you picked City Escape from Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, the composer on that is June Suno... Ooh, but you know what? This is going to be the one time I'm just going to not even bother with the, uh, the composer there. It is S-E-N-O-U-E. That is entirely too many vowels all back-to-back for my dumb mouth to attempt. No. And that was uh, performed by Ted Poley and Tony Harnell. Those are two names I can totally do. <laughs> City Escape from Sonic Adventure 2. All right. Um, knowing what I know about you now, Michael, we've talked a little, or, we, you know, we've mentioned we've uh, talked quite a bit off the air now here. And knowing what I know about your musical taste, I can totally see why you picked this one. Um, but can you uh, enlighten the audience as to, like, what kind of drove you to this one? I, I don't know. <laughs> Help. <I> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? It's just one of those ones. So this has lyrics for anyone that doesn't know City Escape somehow. And just random points of the day, my head will just suddenly go rolling around at the speed of sound. Like, why? Why are we doing this right now? I'm trying to work. <laughs> just, it's oh, constantly God. there. I can tell you one person who hasn't heard it is John. <laughs> oh, yeah, we know how John likes Sonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John likes Sonic like I like Dark Souls games. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, so um like, I, I think this kind of, like, really kind of fits into, like, your sort of, like, pop... I, I yeah. want to say, like, pop, like, kind of punk sort of feel to it. Mm-hmm. 
that I know you're like not into, but you know that you listen to. So I'm like, okay, this uh, this totally checks out. Like I said, it's there was something in one of the episodes. I think it was the yeah, it was the Smash Court Tennis thing I just did. That sounds like a Jim Brickman song, kind of basically. And that's why I was like, oh yeah, this is totally my jam. And like anybody who knows my like taste of music outside of video games is like, oh yeah, Jason would totally like this bullshit. <laughs> But, you know, I don't think anyone would say this is bullshit. So, I mean, this is definitely a catchy little jam, whereas my shit is just like, oh, gee, here's stuff to put your put yourself to sleep in an elevator to. Yeah, well, we're, yeah. Di- we're different kinds of old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, even though there's only like a year that separates us, but yeah. That's right. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next one. And um, this is one I will 100% agree with. And that is music that gets you pumped up. And you pick Bloody Tears from Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. Why did you put the subtitle on this one and not the third one? That's a fair question. Okay. Anyway, the composers on this are Kenichi Matsubara, Satoi Terashima, and Kaoji Muruta. Or is it Koji? Kuji. Kaoji. I'm going to go with Kaoji Maruta. Let's just go with that and just think I'm right and because uh, nobody's here to question me otherwise. Oh, damn it. I do have you on. You can question me. Shit. Probably Koji because I think K-O-U is just Ko. I thought so too, but then wouldn't it just be K-O-J-I? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Get Here's on. Bloody Tears! <laughs> Bloody Tears from Castlevania 2, one of the um, first uh, exploratory platformers. I'm not going to say Metroidvania. God damn it! Nailed it. <laughs> fucking, just fucking did it. Okay, anyway, um, yeah, hard to hard, hard to kind of argue with one of the most iconic and uh, best pieces of Castlevania music, but what made you specifically go with this one? Uh, you kind of just made my point, is I really don't need to say anything about it, because it's, it's, a, it's a classic for a reason. It always yeah. gets me pumped up to hear, no, doesn't matter which version it is. Yeah, I think between it's like between this and like um, Vampire Killer is like which is the most recognizable Castlevania song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my personal favorite uh, might be like Wicked Child from the first one. It's a good one too. But uh, yeah, Vampire Killer is like it, it's really hard to argue with that thing. That is a fantastic piece of music. Yeah, all the, well, most of the Castlevania soundtracks are really good. I was gonna say easy there, buddy. <laughs> easy. <There were> three <laughs> Let's not say anything the, we can't uh, take back. The Game Boy Advance. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's also a couple of the things on the, uh, um, well, I mean, you know, there's the Lords of Shadow games that have mm. pretty average, uh, just, you know, generic orchestral stuff. And they're kind of pretty average games, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're very, you know, they're very uh, sweeping and grandiose and all that jazz. They mix well with the game, but they're not very melodic and memorable, mm. so. But, yeah, I, I don't think that's their point, effectively. When you're trying to God, it just why why they made those games like twenty plus hours long is beyond me. Like I don't need it. 
I don't need a Castlevania game to last for 24 hours or 20 hours outside of me struggling to beat it because it's so damn hard for 20 hours. <laughs> Which, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This, I don't, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say I pretty sure I've never actually beaten uh, Simon's Quest before. Mm, I think I did, but I think I used like Game Genie codes or whatever. Okay. That's totally fair. I've seen somebody beat it because I remember somebody going through Dracula's castle and throwing holy water so they didn't fall down a hole. Yeah, sounds right. But that was that was uh, that was at my daycare. So once again, that was uh, another instance of that. When Castlevania Three came out, oh boy, we were all over that thing. But yeah, you know, mm. again, couldn't hear any of the damn music because uh, you know that twenty other screaming children running around back and forth. So a beginning Aquarius. Yeah, that's a good soundtrack too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next category, and that is music you like from a game you haven't played, and that's a 90% of uh, my podcast choices. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, I don't own three copies of Illumination Laser on the X68000? Why no? No, I don't. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you picked uh, Golden Hammer Power Up from Wrecking Crew, and the composer on that is Hirokazu Hip Tanaka. <laughs> slash power up from wrecking crew okay um gotta say i don't think i've ever paid attention to music in wrecking crew but if there's more and it's anything like this uh it's pretty dope and i mean it's hip tanaka i mean he he's mm-hmm. pretty pretty steady on as far as quality goes oh this one is 100 percent because of smash because the i think it was brawl out of the golden hammer is one of the items and every time you get it it plays this theme so i had to go back and listen to the original and it, it's still just as catchy even on the nes yeah. Now, is there more? Is this or is there like kind of more to the soundtrack? And would you say it's like, uh, you know, equally good, or mm. is this sort of like the standout? Would you say? I don't recall. I don't even know if okay. I listened to the rest of it. <laughs> okay, just like heard this and was like, I gotta hear the original and just kind yep. of check that out. Yep. Totally understand that. Totally understand that. As a guy who um, has to sift through, you know, um, you know, on average a hundred games uh, every two weeks <laughs> for a podcast. And their soundtracks and just be like, oh, God, I've had enough. <laughs> like when we were, we were teens and buy a, a CD just to listen to one or two songs on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I, I miss CD singles and singles sometimes. <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, I can just spend a dollar and on iTunes and buy this thing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just listen to it on Spotify for free. So there's that, too. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, Wrecking Crew is a game I don't think I've ever played. I, I know a little about it, but... Um, and the stage in, I think it's Smash Ultimate is sort of, uh, as much of that, uh, Wrecking Crew as I really ever played. So I don't think it was one of the NES games you could get in the original Animal Crossing. If it is, I probably touched it, but not enough to remember, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, if you don't remember, then yeah. Um, also I, I don't, I don't. I had a hard time going with that because I mean, man, that D-pad on the NES or on the on the GameCube <laughs> is just like I've got small hands, and, he, and man, 
even my hands, I'm like, come on, really? What is this? Very picky with D-pads too, though. And that 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 is like one of the only D-pads I think Nintendo's ever done that I'm like, wow, you guys really did not nail it out of the park with this thing. So they're basically the company that pioneered them. They, they should be getting it right every time. They invented the damn thing. Yeah, like literally right. invented it. They had it uh, copyrighted for years. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Which is why, um, like, you know, um, if you look at the, like every other, like, you know, a directional pad of sorts, it was never the same design. And even the uh, cross pad on um, the PlayStation controllers is uh, not built the same way, even though it's the closest looking to an mm-hmm. NES or to a uh, Nintendo D pad. Nintendo had a copyright on that forever. And um, it still befuddles me that we they just don't make a Joy Con with a fracking D pad <laughs> on it. They live back to Hori now. I've got that. It's just, it's still, it's still not a Nintendo D pad because I've got a Nintendo D pad on my switch Lite, And it's just like, Oh yeah, these are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Granted the pro controllers D pad kind of sucks too. Now that I'm thinking about it. So <laughs> boy, Nintendo, like, they, they lost their ways. Uh, you know, they, they just, they're just a weird company. Like every time they nail out of the park, there's always something you're like, what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah. D pads are in so. the vault, the Nintendo vault with the virtual console. There you go. They're they're with the VHS clamshell Disney movies right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, tangential there. So let's go yep. ahead and move on to the next one. And that is music from a handheld game. And you pick Normal Duel from Pokemon Trading Card Game. And the composer on that is Ichiro Shimakura. <laughs> Thank you. 
and that was Normal Duel from a Pokemon trading card game for the Game Boy. Long-time listeners of this podcast will remember, um, we did this, uh, my former co-host and I did this a long time ago. I think it was like episode like 20-something at this point, maybe 26? For some reason, that's jumping out at me, so it's got to be 26. I think that was um, the first episode of your show I listened to. Oh, really? Okay. That was uh, one of the few he actually picked out himself, so... Mm-hmm. I had never actually uh, played nor heard the soundtrack to this, so it was kind of a kind of a thing of like, oh, hey, this is a pretty dope little soundtrack. Yeah, it has no reason being as good as it is for a handheld version of the Pokemon trading card game. Yeah, um, we by we I mean my uh, my my family and I we kind of got into playing uh, Pokemon cards for a little while, uh, you know, as the pandemic was kind of raging and continues to, but we've just seemingly forgotten all about it. Um, we um we got into it and I started playing um like just random Pokemon music as far as like that because it just felt weird playing it without music for some reason. My wife can't stand it, but you know it's just like okay, well sorry honey, you just know how I am. I always mm-hmm. have, to have something going. Can't sit here and deal with my own thoughts in my own head for too long. <laughs> she knew what she's getting herself into. Yeah, she yeah she knew what she did. So, granted, I wasn't this into video game music. Well, I was. It's just not enough that I was doing a podcast. Like, literally, that is why I started this, because I had hundreds of video game music uh, CDs and ended up selling off a shit ton of them, probably for $100, I would imagine, is what I ended up getting all all for all of them. Um, You know, this was when I was single and had money and could just piss it away like that. So, yeah. And I just didn't feel like lugging it when I moved out. And I was like, okay, well, clearly this is uh, just going to go away. I can just rip the files and just be done and never worry about it again. And, but yeah, that was sort of the impetus of this. And um, so maybe she didn't really know what she was getting herself into with this. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, um, what? Oh, good. She knows now. (laughs) Well, boy, does she ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if she ever listened to this podcast, she might know, but, (laughs) or any of the podcasts I do. Granted, I live, you know, if I had to live with me, I don't know if I'd listen to my podcast. Yeah, anyway. she, I don't even listen to my own podcasts. You. Yeah. I think I, some would argue too much sometimes, I think, for her sake. So, eh, poor woman, she's a saint. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, did you end up um, actually playing this game when it was, uh, you know, contemporary? I was one of those, well, I was, I say kid, but I was probably a little on the outside of the age range when the trading card game started and I was all in on it. So I mm-hmm. actually uh, <clears throat> acquired a Japanese version of this game. And actually played through, I don't remember if I played through the entire game in Japanese, but uh, yeah, I was, I was in on the ground floor for this one. I played. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. An awful lot for not being able to understand Japanese It's basically just trial and error and then trying to remember what each card did. Yeah. I, um, you should try, uh, try playing Pokemon yellow in Japanese. Oh God. (laughs) I did that. My brother and I both plowed through that game in Japanese. Impressive. Yeah. I don't know about impressive. More uh, just weird. But <laughs> it's a weird, it was a weird thing to decide to do. I don't know why we did it. But yeah. Um, you know, like, and then I, I had this weird thing in my head of thinking like how much of a difference time frame wise the um, Japanese release and the English release was. And uh, actually looking at it is like, oh, there's not much difference at all. Come to look, come to think of it now. It was like months. And I guess months when you were a, uh, my brother being a very young teenager, maybe even 12 to, you know, me, me, my, like maybe late teens, it's months still felt like an eternity. Whereas oh, yeah. now it's just like time just continues to just get faster and faster as I rapidly plummet towards my, uh, inevitable doom and destruction here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Time comes for us all. So thank <laughs> Anyway. Um, 
tangential. So yeah, this, this got dark. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, here, uh, here's something a little bit happier. Uh, music that makes you feel nostalgic. And that's Misty's theme from Pokemon Puzzle League. And the composer on that is Lawrence Schwelder? What I wrote, I that must it. be it. Yeah. Okay, that's it. All right, I'm, I'm not second-guessing your work here, man. All right, here it is. All right, correction. Lawrence Schwedler is, uh, yeah, yeah. If I could read, I suppose that would help, but, you know, illiterate that I am. <laughs> so, all right, anyway, that was Misty's theme from Pokemon Puzzle League. And uh, so, yeah, what drove you to this one? And uh, isn't there, like, a little something behind this one, too, that I think you remember you telling there me about? There is. <laughs> so I don't really get nostalgic for video game music, because obviously we, you and I both still listen to a great deal of it. So it's kind of hard to be nostalgic for something that you constantly have in your life. Uh-huh. As I was doing research for the puzzle theme for the, you know, the previous day, whatever, mm-hmm. I was playing through Pokemon Puzzle League for 64, and I heard this song, and I'm like, I know this song from somewhere. This is a MIDI version of Catch Me If You Can by Angela Via that was on the soundtrack for Pokemon the First Movie, which I absolutely <laughs> went out and bought after seeing that in 1999 when I was, or was it 98, whatever. Entirely too old to be. <laughs> 99. Yeah, so I would have been 16. So that, I'm sure that was a fun trip to the store to teenager buying okay. Pokemon stuff. So here's here's the thing. I don't know if that's worse than me just buying the M2M single. Yeah, I have that too. Yeah, see, because um, I specifically just wanted the M2M single. So that was that was weird. <laughs> I bought this. Uh. I bought To Be a Master. I have mirror mirror from m2m the single yeah it was a weird kid it's funny now to 
look back on how embarrassed I was, and then now I just kind of flaunt all that. Like, whatever, just own it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My um, my friend's wife, who's also my friend, but um, you know, uh, she uh, she posted a link on to uh, my Facebook page this morning, and it was a uh, one of those lounge fly backpacks that's pimp up, and I'm sitting there debating, can I pull this off? <laughs> so it's uh, supposed to be a woman's thing, but I like this off could i pull this off could i justify buying this thing and i so far the answer is no but you know it, it's it's cute and it's really tempting to look <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> but yeah I, I i i used to be very embarrassed about buying cute stuff and mm-hmm. now i'm very much just like yeah i'm sitting here w- wearing a pip up shirt with uh you know him like bursting through my chest and his little butt sticking out on my back end of my shirt That's so awesome yeah, I got. Yeah, I'm I, like, yeah, I don't care anymore. I have a like a powder blue diva from Overwatch shirt that's got pink around the cuffs. Like, just wear whatever you like. Don't care about what people think. I have a pink Kirby shirt, so yep. <laughs> all pink, baby. And you know, I, there's also that gigantic Kirby uh, USB warmer that I bought myself. So <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Say, whatever. say no to the toxic masculinity. Do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kirby's better than Elden Ring. Take that, John. Yeah, suck it. <laughs> or something. I don't know. I don't really care, honestly. <laughs> it just doesn't bother me. I just thought that discourse of people getting pissed off about uh, about that was just like, what? 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 <laughs> it's funny. Like So many of these Dark Souls fans or Souls fans, like they get so triggered about people like even saying anything remotely disparaging about their favorite games. <laughs> it's like, okay, guys, just relax. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to take it personally. You, this wasn't a baby you created or something and brought out into the world. It's literally just a fucking video game you bought. So, so anyway, I saw a good tweet this morning that said that they wish Kirby and Elder Ring came on the same day, so we get all those Doom Animal Crossing meme kind of crossovers that we got for those. Oh yeah, it would have been great. Well, we still can do that. I mean, you know, they only came out like a month and a half apart. It's fine. Fine. I mean, you know, I think people forget that, that Kirby's uh, final bosses most of the time are like these like elders oh, horror God. monsters. Yeah. <laughs> so it's well, like, that... what, 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 why? <laughs> yeah, it's just some giant white ball with an eyeball shooting blood at you. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, nothing, nothing unusual about that in the least. I mean, hell, there's, uh, you know, you think about it like Kirby's just uh, basically an eldritch god that just happens to love food and friends. <laughs> Being cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, granted, if it didn't, imagine if Kirby like was angry. I mean the horror he could do to like universes <laughs> like the dark phoenix yeah pretty much <laughs> jeez <laughs> uh all right uh x-men tangent so that means we must move on now and we're gonna go with uh final boss music and you picked megalovania from undertale and that is by toby fox
All right, that was Megalomania from Undertale. Now, um, this is in the Taylor Davis version, mm. so uh, my you, daughter was not very happy with yep. you when you picked this one. <laughs> you, t- you told me I got a scowl for this. Yeah, yeah, she definitely gave me the uh, grumpy face. <laughs> she does. Uh, but this is just another one that I really don't need to say anything about because it's probably the most basic bitch pick I made, I think, on this whole list. And it's a, it's a flippin' meme, for Christ's sake, so it kind of speaks for itself. It's real good, though. Now, I'm going to tell you, like, the first, like, bit of it just does not really start off well with me. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the like, kind of weird tooty farty sound going on there that i'm like okay like then it kicks in and it's like yeah. okay yeah, once, once once thing gets off in earnest it's like yeah this is dope but it's just that intro that really makes me like okay great composition but i think i prefer taylor davis's folk version personally a little bit more yeah it's real good yeah I, again like i said you cut out the that, that little introduction sequence to this thing and i'm like yeah this is dope but it's just that kind of like knocks it down a peg for me otherwise i'd be like yeah this is this is this is clearly better than not better than, but just, uh, I, I enjoy it better than Taylor Davis's version. But like I said, just that uh, introduction that I'm like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this. Yeah, and but it kicks with, in and you're like, oh, I really like this. Without that, you don't get that sweet kick in. It's just all good. That doesn't make any <sighs> sense. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it, it's like having a bad appetizer at a great meal, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, me personally, just like one of those things that I'm like, hey, don't, boy, like, I don't know. It to- like even Toby Fox's um like track he did on Pokemon Sword and Shield, like I wasn't like a huge fan of it. I thought it was fine, but it's just like really like like Marnie's theme, especially her battle music when he fought her in the Pokemon League, like a lot more. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But anyway, uh tangential once again. So uh I guess that means we're uh we're getting to the end here. Day thirty, category thirty, whatever you want to call it, and that is the credits music. And you picked the end credits from Super Mario Land, and that is once again by Hip Tanaka. end credits theme from super mario land and outside of it being dope as hell why did you pick this one i love okay i'm gonna i'm gonna make a a, a controversial question mark statement i think okay. that mario land has the best soundtrack on the entire game boy people go um... people tend to go to Link's awakening but uh i don't know i've always loved this soundtrack i used to just run through the game since you could beat it in like 20 minutes just to hear this yeah. this theme it, I, you know, I will I will defend you on that and say that this is a really great, concise soundtrack. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of other good stuff out there. Uh, I, but I think like just if you go to like track by track, this is the one that is maybe like the only one that's 100 percent all good. There's only like six tracks, though, so that probably helps. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's it's very concise. So having that percentage may not mean very much. But at the same time, you could have a could have had a clunker in here and then that would have uh 
you know, really taking it down a peg. But at the same time, you know, this is this is a really great soundtrack. And for being like one of, if not the first Game Boy games, it's um, it's really impressive that Game Boy music like really hit it out of the park. Granted, again, Hip Tanaka also kind of helped work on the uh, choice of sound for the Game Boy hardware itself. So then him being able to utilize it and come up with something good like this shouldn't be much of a surprise, I suppose. Yeah, he should probably know the thing he helped create. Yeah, you would think. I mean, granted, I helped create this podcast, and or I, I created this podcast, and I don't know if I still know what I'm doing with it. <laughs> so, or Nintendo and D-pads. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks for bringing that back up. I appreciate it. Uh, anyway. <laughs> okay, um, we're going to wrap up here with this next one. Now, I'm going to say, like, I don't remember this being on the challenge. Did I just miss it, or did was this, this an updated version? This was an added version by yours truly. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I, uh, yeah, when I originally went through this, I thought it was 30 days and then I went back over my, uh, my podcast epi- or, you know, the track list for that. And I was like, wait, there's only 30. I'm like, did I miss a day? And I'm like, well, think... can't be bothered to look through Twitter. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think when this was circling, it was November, 2020, that it was real big. Probably when you did it about, and, uh, I did it in January. So I'm like, well, shit, I need a, a 31st day. So I January of this year, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like a year and some months later. So yeah, that makes sense. It's your fault too, because uh, I found your episode on it. I'm like, what? This is a thing? I need to be a part of this. <laughs> All right, well, I take full responsibility for there this. You but you know, what this track is, is, uh, you know what? If, if I can take responsibility for it, I will. And that one is uh, Lucky House from Super Mario 3D World. And, oh, God damn it. I'm going to refund you the money and just ditch this episode. <laughs> the composers are Mahito Yokota, Toru Minigishi, Koji Kondo and Yasuaki Iwata. not 100% sure that uh, I said what the actual category for this one is and uh, no way to check you know not, not I'm not going to go bother looking nah. back 45 seconds into the podcast so uh, the category for this is a uh, redone music <laughs> and that yeah <laughs> and that was a lucky house from Super Mario 3D World okay so since uh, this is sort of a one done by your uh, by you why don't you explain why you went with redone music and then the actual pick for it well, I like the way they kind of theme the days where it starts with title screen and then first level and then ends with credit music. So I figured, well, the only other thing you could do after the credits is redoing music. So that's how I landed on this. And I picked this because it is a redone version of the Super Mario Brothers 2 character select theme, which is super good for the like four seconds before you pick Luigi or Peach. 
and you know kind of continue on your way what you don't pick toad on the game boy advance one so he so he can say that's just what i needed no (laughs) (laughs) anyway sorry go ahead (laughs) trauma trauma it's still in trauma yep and wounds a little bit I don't know, it's just, I always thought it was kind of an underrated track into hear Nintendo reuse it for the, the Lucky House and the super great Super Mario 3D world. It uh, made me very happy. And you know, that's kind of strange too, because Nintendo's very weird about what it chose and continues to choose to bring forward from Super Mario Brothers 2. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like... It is just very weird that, like, there's so little of that game that gets brought forward as far as, like, you know, enemies and stuff outside of, like, Shy Guys. Mm -hmm. But then you, like, look at it and effectively, like, the personalities, if you will, of sorts, um, for the characters, like, that's sort of just been what Nintendo's gone with going forward. Like, Luigi's always the one who you know, has, has a weird, like, higher jump and he kicks his legs or whatever. Mario's just sort of like the the, the average, the rounder, you know, the all-rounder. Um, Toad is annoying and doesn't really do much of anything outside of pick up shit really fast, so fantastic. Great for you, Toad. And, and speak really annoyingly. And um, then Peach floats, which is, you know, a thing she still has to this day. And 3D World, even. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's it's a weird... Uh... Like I said, it's weird what Nintendo has brought forward for Mario 2. My brain just connected that you play as the four characters from Mario 2, so that's why they would use music from Mario 2 in this. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that does make sense. I didn't even think about it that much either, but now that you're saying that, yeah, that makes absolute sense. Duh. Boy, we're smart, aren't we? <laughs> we got oh, there. Oh, God. So obvious. Yeah, I mean, we it, it, it took a while, but we got there, man. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Like, Shy Guys, bob sometimes we get Birdo and, like, Ninjas and Shif- uh, Shif- it? Sniff it. Beats me. Yeah. Snippets. The shy guys that shoot stuff at you. Oh, okay. Oh, see, I didn't even know they had names. So there we go. But like, I don't think Wart's been in. He was in uh, Link's Awakening, but I don't think he's mm-hmm. been in anything since then. There might have been a trophy in Smash Brothers Melee or something. Yeah, I think he was a trophy, I think. But yeah, beyond that, I think you're right. I don't think he's done much of anything. Poor guy. He got beaten once in a dream and just never came back. He never truly existed. Yeah, it was all a dream. Sorry, ruining Super Mario Brothers 2 uh, deep and wonderful oh, plot there. Even though spoilers. I think it tells you in the manual. <laughs> so, for uh, mm, I don't even want to try and figure out the year. That's just gonna make me sad. Yeah, yeah, it's probably like thirty years old at this mm. point, or more than thirty years old at this point. Yeah, yeah, it has to be more than thirty because I was, I know I was younger. Or, oh my god. Okay. Anyway, we're gonna sh- I'm just exactly. stop. We're stopping this conversation. And uh, speaking of this conversation, stopping, I guess that wraps up this episode, man. Yeah. So uh, you, I, the thing I appreciate about doing this with you especially is, you know, I, I, I think my audience has gotten very used to, like, the my taste in music. So it's always nice to bring in somebody else that has, like, com- not completely different, but, you know, occasionally, like, wildly different shit as far as they're into than I am. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like I picked some more basic like well-known tracks than the the standard stuff that you go with which is Mm -hmm. fine man i like that that oddball stuff i wouldn't know about half of that crap if it wasn't for you um yeah i i think my brand at this point is shooters and what (laughs) pretty good that and falcom yeah yeah it's falcom shooters and huh (laughs) so that should just be my uh my my tagline for the podcast effectively (laughs) 
Telecom shooters, huh? What was that? Miscellaneous, question mark? Pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up here. So, um, do you... I, I know you've got a, one of these challenges things that you're working on here, and like I said, I will uh, I will help you plug that, and I will kick that over to a bunch of other uh, video game music podcasters yeah. that I'm pals with and in groups of. This way, maybe we can uh, get that one circulating too. But uh, is there anything in particular you want to plug, man? Uh, just Twitter, which uh, will be linked in the show notes. I've been doing daily stuff pretty much all year so far. I guess I took a couple weeks off in February, but. I did a bunch of Metroidvania stuff for March, and hopefully I'm doing this 30-day challenge for April. I think you should be. Um, I guess, and, you know, worst case, you've got to push it back or whatever. I mean, but you were going to do something else for May, weren't you? Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so, yeah, maybe maybe get your ass in gear here. There, get that, <laughs> right. get that to happen, then. <laughs> <laughs> if, I can, if I can make 900 podcasts happen a month. <laughs> so. I can get this done in a week, sure. Yeah, no problem, man. Ugh. All right. So as for me, um, you know, you don't really need all the usual uh, plugs here because, you know, you know, you know me, you're here already. So clearly, you know what what to listen to. But um, if you want to support the show and um, for reasons I still befuddled by at times, um, you can go over to patreon.com slash games and junk over there. Um, for every tier we have, we have a one dollar, three dollar, five dollar, ten dollar and twenty dollar tier. Each one of those will net you a different color uh, for your hacker alias on our discord. So I'm trying to figure out a way to, uh, you know, th- get all the discord stuff in one rather than bring it up on every single tier. And I think that's probably the most effective way to do that. So for $3 a month, you will get bonus episodes of this podcast, which um, are going to vary in length. uh, (laughs) Very, very greatly, especially this new one that I'm working on here right now is um, it's so long. I'm actually going to have to split it up into two parts because the file is just going to be too big. If I, um, unless I compress it and that is not what you're paying for. You are paying for uh, largely uncompressed music um, sound quality for uh, for the bonus episodes and for all the podcasts. But anyway, um, you get the let's say twice a month you get an episode even though this month you're technically getting three. Uh, you get uh, me going over the games that came out in that half of the month for uh, this for in five year increments basically. So for this one, I'm doing 1987, 1992, 1997, 2002, 2007, 2012, and 2017. So yeah, you get two of those two of those a month effectively. Uh, I, I'm going to try to not do this to myself again, where it's uh, I'm having to do three episodes because one is just entirely too long. But you know, it's that's where we're at with this. So bonus. <laughs> I figured it'd be in November that well, you get the the big one. Oh, you would think, you would think, yeah. but I, I managed to keep that one down. I think I did five, I think that one was like five hours and this one's going to be longer than that one still. Kept it, kept it down to a, a sparse five hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally manageable for a normal person to listen to. <laughs> so, uh, so for that same $3, you also get bonus segments on the uh, podcast I mentioned earlier, Multimedia Failure, where we watch every single, nearly every video game movie ever made and then rank them against each other absolutely scientifically uh, with the most science of scientific methods possible. The bonus segments are effectively just us sort of uh, shooting the shit before we get started on the uh, shit show that that podcast is, as well as uh, us either doing a quiz about the movie we just watched or the game that it's based on, or just us kind of topic talking about like topical stuff to sort of, um, let's say, decompress from the experience of having uh, had to talk about and um, relive the movie we just watched, because oftentimes they're not good. Surprise of surprises. Video game movies are oftentimes not good. 
And you will also get all the podcasts we do at a higher quality audio rate as well as a catch-all feed. For $5 a month, you will also get everything I mentioned on the previous tier as well as a shout-out and thank you on the show. So, of course, I have to thank. This is only going to be awkward once instead of the usual twice it is with two of the other podcasts I do. Um, but I have to thank Vanessa Cahill, John Lucero, Alex Messenger, Josh Carpenter, Eric, Nathan Cooper, and my guest, Michael Hughes. So, Michael, since you're here, I'm just going to say thank you, man. I really appreciate this. You're very welcome. And for $10 a month, you can uh, pick the topic on this one, on the Game Club, or Multimedia Failure. And for $20 a month, if you want to be insane like Michael, <laughs> which I, again, really appreciate, but, huh? <laughs> so, um, you can pick the topic and actually jump on an episode with us. And if you want to do Multimedia Failure, um, you can actually get us to go back and watch one of the movies that we've watched previously, if you feel like talking about that with us and trying to uh, defend it in some way, shape, or form, if we shat all over it, like we, like I did with Fatal Fury, or John did with uh, Wing Commander. Or sin, because John really hates sin for some reason. John hates everything. Yeah, that's true. Except Elden Ring for whatever <laughs> reason. And rap. John, you're a, you're an enigma wrapped in a riddle, dude. I don't know sometimes, man. <laughs> so oh, John's great. Uh, absolutely no. I, if I didn't like John, he wouldn't still be around for God's sakes. So <laughs> it just it just sometimes and it's like don't just be on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's not just that I need a warm body on a podcast. <laughs> so. Maybe that'll put a little doubt in his head. Like, wait, was that is that why he keeps me around? <laughs> no, I don't think John. I, I I don't think John has the confidence issues that I do. So, oh, anyway, uh, that'll wrap up this episode. Michael, thanks again for coming on, man. Thanks for the suggestion and all of the all the picks. Even if uh, you know I didn't like some of them, like Persona. <laughs> so, and Persona. <laughs> yeah, uh, Persona, Persona, Persona. So yeah uh yeah anyway uh yeah so we've got an episode planned up uh, with you that i, I i'm gonna because you're doing a couple of these as far as the 20 dollars tiers i figured i'd uh, not throw you a freebie but kind of throw you a freebie here but uh, maybe we'll do that next month or something too okay oh good cool all right man all right well thanks again for coming on and uh i i i hope i hope to god that this uh, 20 dollars felt worth it for you <laughs> absolutely it's been a blast hopefully people like listening to my stupid opinions that's okay. Um, I have stupid opinions too, and uh, people still continue to l- listen to this. So I would imagine you'll be just fine. Don't worry <laughs> about it, man. <laughs> so, great. All right. Until until next time. Thanks for listening. Man, take care of yourselves. Great. I knew that groove was in your heart.